My name is Jamali Savi and I welcome you to this episode of the Ideation Corner. The Ideation Corner is a space where ideas are discussed and dissected. And today I host Ivan Ojakol, who is a technology, media and telecoms lawyer at Lecture Africa. He also advises players in the technology industry, especially e-commerce, um, artificial intelligence and blockchain, and has also been recently recognized by Africa Legal Awards. Ivan lectures on computational law, uh, intellectual property, and tax at the International University in East, of East Africa. He also appears regularly as a guest speaker at many um, tech events and has also been um, a judge at technology competitions. I am very happy to host uh, Ivan on the Ideation Corner today. Ivan, you're very welcome. Thank you, Damali. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you. So given your profile, I just mm. wanted to start off with, um, I have several conversations with people in the fintech space. Yes. And they usually complain about the National Payments Act, mm. where they say that the capital requirements mm. are very high, and yeah. therefore the local players, mm. local content, is mm. therefore going to be affected. Yes. Because uh, as a Ugandan, you don't have mm. that much capital in if you're a new player on the fintech space yes, to, yes. to put forward. Yes. So in a way, it will be the international players who can mm. afford it. Yes. What is your take on that? Thank you, Damali, for that question. Well, uh, I'm going to give a two-pronged approach to that. Yes, it's true. Uh, for example, uh, the National Payment Systems Act divides uh, the uh, fintech players. It's going to regulate it into three. That's a payment systems operator, payment service provider, and a, an issue of, of a payment instrument. If you look at the capital minimum requirements of, uh, uh, for example, a payment service provider, uh, you have 10 billion Uganda shillings. 10 billion. For, a large, for the person operating large funds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, That's you, a huge yes, amount. For a medium player, you have 5 billion. Mm -hmm. uh, for uh, one with a small transaction value, you have 250 million Uganda shillings. Mm -hmm. For a payment systems operator, you have 1 billion. Then you have 500 million for a medium uh, Give me an player. example of those, of those kinds. So who uh, would need the 10 billion, for example? <laughs> I, I'm thinking, for example, if you say a payment service provider, mm -hmm. like, uh, you're talking about the likes of Airtel. Mm -hmm. That's a large fund, Airtel and, and MTN. Mm -hmm. The ones who do the Airtel money and mobile money. Those ones so 10 billion. Th yeah, those ones 10 billion. So. Okay. So, but of course, the uh, ethic, because you know when you're applying, mm -hmm. there's information they'll get from you. So then they'll be able to determine. For example, they'll look at your financial projections, your audited books of accounts. Mm -hmm. They'll look at your business plan. Mm -hmm. They'll look at... Uh, uh, financial model that you have if you're a new player they look at say you have a white paper a description of what you're going to do or what have you so that's when they'll be able to determine so it will be at the application stage they'll okay. be able to say this one you fold here this one you fold here but so I'm, without I'm, a doubt I'm thinking about um, a university you know, we are university yes, students we yes. want to come up with this you know, yes. you know mm. fintech mm. solution yes. and we're just coming up and yes. we want to register yes. it yes. and become players on the yes. market Yes. how much money would I require <laughs> is that the 250 that is, that is very interesting because uh of course, if you're ambitious, you can go ahead and say, I am going for the big money, I want to pay this. Mm -hmm. So, some people, I mean, but you but, may not have but the cash. In, that's, and that's, that's the argument they're saying yes, that yes. For, for the innovative people who are, mm. who are young mm. and uh, they're just starting out, they yes. don't have the kind of money. If yes. the minimum is to mm. the, the lowest, you can yes. pay 215 mil yes. and you're putting it there. Yes. To answer your question, Damali, innovatively, and I must credit uh, the Bank of Uganda, that is the authority charged with overseeing this law. Uh, and whoever was involved in the drafting, <clears throat> they came up with something called a regulatory sandbox. It's the first of its kind, and actually regulatory sandbox regulations mm -hmm. under the NPS Act of 2021. They came out recently. So that is the first of its kind in the region. There's no what other region. So a regulatory sandbox, basically, in, the, in a nutshell, 
is operating a financial model or a financial an innovative financial model within in a temporary period of time within the ecosystem of payments so in other words it's the regulated way of you operating your systems for <coughs> for 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 the bank of uganda to be able to determine if indeed you this is an innovative solution that should pass a test and, mm. and move on to the next stage so perhaps that will be the 250 million what have you so oh, okay so it, you can still operate you can you can operate yeah you can the, still the, operate. they have accommodated us yes and now okay, the the, cool. the application fee is only one million Mm-hmm. Only one million Ugandan shillings, and uh, well, I, I believe that mm-hmm. young university students should be able to do that. Because if you're going to operate payments, yes, you must you also must understand the regulator's perspective. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. This is a big industry. There's a lot of money moving, so the regulator has an ob- obligation to ensure there's consumer protection, to ensure there's enough competition, to ensure there's fairness, mm-hmm. because you also and uh, you want to guard against things like money laundering and anti-terrorism. What are you? So the and also the, the record has been hit. Hmm. There have been scandals in the papers. There was one <laughs> yes, that you saw. Yes, yes, I don't want to mention the company. <laughs> Why not? Everyone knows. <laughs> it was a big one, and some big banks were involved. <clears throat> so yes. just just because of the uh, lack of proper safeguards put in place by that company that uh, caused that leakage, that huge leakage. So you must understand where the regulator is coming from, mm-hmm. but also of course you must credit them also for coming up with that inno- innovative uh, sandbox uh, regulation mm. to provide for sandboxing. So it's a test period. You come. Yeah. You test yourself to determine if indeed you can operate okay. <laughs> this financial system. I, I didn't know about that. Yeah, so yeah, it's that's, a, that's actually quite helpful. Where yeah. else has it been, has it been applied? It, it, in the world? It's, it's the best practice in the world in more advanced jurisdictions. Hong Kong is the leader in that, as far as that is concerned. The likes of UK have tried to come up with it, mm-hmm. but I know, for example, from interacting with the, the guys, the guys at, at the central bank, they've mm-hmm. told me they have done these short courses from the University of Cambridge, and uh, I think even the University of Hong Kong has something. Mm-hmm. So that's why they've been able to borrow this, this for. Yeah, okay. so it's the best practice. And I must credit them. It's the first of this kind mm. in the region. It's not a uh, NPS system or any other law that provides for regulatory sandbox. Yeah. And that ensures that at least the, the, the local people, the local people, the local can, Ugandan, yeah, you know, yes, if you want to come yes, up with you, yes, innovative, you yes. can still operate yes. in our, you know, yes. in a protected environment, yeah, protected environment as they're assessing. Yes. No, of course, it's strict. You must show that you're properly incorporated, mm. that you have a, the, the proper white paper showing your, your, your business model. You must show, you must have recommendations from. The LOC, you must have certificates of good conduct, mm-hmm. uh, you must have risk management systems in place, and anti-money laundering policies in place, data protection policies in place. So mm-hmm. you must also put your house in order. You know, okay. power, yeah, you know, you're just going to allow it because you're young. And even then, I think you can then attract some investment. Absolutely, if you absolutely. Operate in that <coughs> absolutely. You can still attract some investment. You, you may be bought out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that is happening all over the, all over the world. The big players, the big tech is and whoever buying the small players to yes. tap into their systems and be able mm. to operate. Because you know, there's this whole notion going around that uh, fintech wants to eat up big finance and uh, yeah. banks and all So many of the banks actually buying them They're and buying putting them. them in their systems and coming up with uh, fintech solutions within themselves. Yeah. It reminds me of the yes. oil industry because the oil industry mm. also does that. Uh, it, yes. it buys up all the players who are doing clean Absolutely. energy. Yeah. They just buy them up and then yes. they take them up. Yes. And then you think, okay, clean energy yes. is now going yes. to come up through yes. the oil industry. Yeah. It never does. Yes. I feel like they just kill them off. But important is, it's important <laughs> for us to differentiate what minimum capital requirements is. Mm. That is the amount of money you're going to pay URSB when you incorporate the company. Because there's an obligation for you to incorporate the company. Mm-hmm. Or if a player like MTN already has a telecom business, you have an obligation to create a, a subsidiary on the side to specially operate that fintech uh, solution. So okay. MTN money will go under MTN, for example, company limited, something like that. Okay. So there's the minimum capital requirement is what you pay at URSB at the incorporation, what you'll have as your share capital, what mm. have you. Okay. But there's licensing fees also. <laughs> yes, so meaning yeah. now under the law, for example, a, 
large payment system operator, mm-hmm. you'll have to pay 3 million as application fee. Mm-hmm. Then you pay another 25 million as license fee. Okay. Then you pay another annual fee of 25 million. Which 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 agency are you paying this? You pay of course this is a bank thing. So you pay to, you pay to your <laughs> so the money goes to the money goes to the central bank, but I think through URA. Okay. Yeah, I think they will provide for mechanisms how you're going to pay. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. So it's government money. Yeah? You're paying to government. You're okay. paying to the central bank, but you're paying to government. <laughs> so I think URA would be involved somewhere. Yes. So. Okay. So in a way, the government has a lot of power in in mm. in, in this regulation to 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 enhance the mm. environment so that the local players can. Come Absolutely, the government solutions. must. Because I feel like. Yes. We need to develop a lot of our local solutions yes. that address our local problems. Yes. Now, without a doubt, we have issues in the country like Uganda as far mm-hmm. as government support to businesses is concerned. Mm-hmm. But I must credit that that baby step. Of mm-hmm. course, it will not be as good as, for example, Rwanda, where it's deliberate. The government has deliberately decided to support the tech sector and what have you. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the government must be credit for that. But though, however, as far as the NPS is concerned, for me and and you, doubly from your trade background, you know that non-tariff barriers to trade are even more <laughs> costly to trade than the tariffs themselves. Yes. Now, <laughs> if, if you look at the tariffs, law, actually, it would be okay. Yes. If you look at that law, and actually, I'm developing a paper, mm-hmm. a proper academic paper, and I'm scrutinizing it. There's a lot of regulatory arbitrage. Mm-hmm. That's a word I'm using. Arbitrage. In other words, there's too much regulation. Mm. But again, you must, you cannot blame them because they have been informed by experience. They've been hurt in the past. That's not what has happened. And you need money is a tricky thing. There's mm-hmm. money you... Every government wants to control where the money is going and see where it's going. <laughs> so, for example, you you know that many of these people operate through agents. That that uh, to use the Kenyan phrase, mamamboka, who will be mm. on the street, that agent, uh, or your uh, person who will be in that kiosk somewhere that is uh, dealing mobile money. Mm-hmm. Every agent that is going to operate your payment system has to be, is, has to be vetted and approved. Okay. They actually agent regulations now. Mm. If you're going to outsource any part of your business, especially as far as it involves the core of your business, and and, and trust me, in the technology world, mm. there's a lot of outsourcing there that happens. Is, yeah. There's a lot of so mm. they have to vet that agreement. They have to vet who you're outsourcing to. If you're going to operate cross border, mm. you have to make sure that there's a licensed operator on the other side, and they have properly vetted them and they've seen them. If there's mm. too much, uh, is a fit and proper person test. Mm-hmm. Well, that is, that is right. I mean, you must the the, the authority has powers to do that again because of consumer protection mm-hmm. for example they want to see you have a criminal record they even ask if you've been dismissed from your from a job before in the past <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how that relevant so there's so much regulatory arbitrage mm-hmm. as far as i'm concerned which makes stifle even beyond the fees okay. <laughs> many things the yes. fees may not actually yes, be the yes, big yes, yeah, yeah, the bigger one will be just the regular yeah, they're trying to look into so much okay. so much and uh, everything but then would, would you would you however blame them you argued yes that, um, <laughs> you know they, you, you know money is uh, you know you have to control money absolutely if you're yeah. well like i said they had a two-pronged approach <laughs> on the other hand yes they are past regulate but Perhaps there's too much over-regulation that may mm. cause issues going forward. Mm. Yeah, and, and for example, if you have to change business, change location, you have to go back to them and tell them where you're going. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> any anything, you have to get approval of a central bank. Yes. And, and I don't know if a central bank will have enough manpower to always monitor. To, uh, to, uh, to enforce. Like, but I had uh, they put up a special department called the Innovation Department, so let's see how it handles that. So, okay. yeah, that's my take as well as... You yeah. did you did touch yeah. on the consumer protection yes. and uh, mm. coming back to to the example of safe border there was a big of an uproar mm. you know sometime back when <coughs> uh, the public said you know they changed the terms and conditions mm. and uh, from the public's end there I, I sign off onto safe border mm. because safe 
Mm. And now they're mm. telling me that all liability, they, they have zero liability. Yes. So what, what do you say about consumer protection generally in that space? Are there no protections mm. for the consumer? Mm. There is, we have a special law called the Electronic Transactions Act of 2011 that has proper consumer protection chapter that goes in depth. And it must call itself border. They actually have tried to follow whatever is in that law. For example, that law says the profile of a business must be visible for everyone to see. If you go to the self-border business, there's a profile. There's a profile of who the shareholders are, there's a certificate of incorporation, and what have you. They say the terms and conditions, or what this tech is called, terms of use, must be properly displayed. Uh, they say complaints handling mechanisms must be there. A, if you go to self-border, I believe their website, or even a, a platform like Jumia, you'll see they have where for you to report. So, back to what you're talking about. What you're talking about is a business model. Mm -hmm. And the business model of a company like self-border is what you call ride-sharing or ride-hailing company, which came from the likes of Uber and Airbnb and has been incorporated here. What, what people call the gig economy. Mm -hmm. Just a gig. You do a gig and you go, you go home. <laughs> so the 95 job. Mm -hmm. So, self-border, because of what they call, uh, I think it's called the Uberfication mm -hmm. of, 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 of services, has adopted the same model, meaning that it only creates a platform for its uh, drivers or whoever is doing business with them to come and operate and for them they're not liable for whatever is there and it is clear in those terms now that was what was so the terms <laughs> those were the terms yes, from the beginning from the beginning they've always been like that people have never read them <laughs> and, and that is dangerous people don't read terms and conditions so and, and that's why sometimes people are blocked off facebook or social media they start yes. complaining because hey, 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 if the platform says but and there the, are conditions the terms yes. were there. Okay. yeah and when you when you uh when you download the app, yeah. you've more or less subscribed. Download the app and yeah. you've accepted their terms. Yeah, they always, always yeah, ask you yeah. agree. And agree. You just terms, agree. Yes. I never so read. I never just read. agree. So yeah. terms are being there. It's just a platform. Okay. The drivers are independent contractors. So when did the uproar just come up recently? Well, someone finally read. Someone finally read and blew it out of proportion. Now social media is. Okay. But however, perhaps they could have handled it better in terms of PR, in mm. terms of, you know, explaining. But, but is it also right when you call yourself self-border and... Say a woman is on this self water thinking that it is self, mm. and uh, you know she's robbed by the rider. Mm. Yes. And yes. I go back to self board, and they're mm. saying, "Ah, oh, sorry, you signed yes. the terms. Of course, yes. you you would have, but you wouldn't mm. have read them, and mm. we are not liable." And yes. yet, mm. you know, the lady thinks it's self border. I'm yes. I'm not going to take that regular board on the road. Mm. I'm going to take the self border. So, so uh, you know, is it, is it okay? Mm. Fine, it's mm. legally right yes. because those are the mm. terms, mm. but is it morally right? Well, uh, the moral part uh, <laughs> shall leave for the pastors, but <laughs> but uh, beyond the terms of use that you, the consumer, enter with self border. Self border also has its own driver's terms of use. So mm -hmm. that driver clearly they will indicate when you do this and this, are you could there have been instances where self border have taken on their drivers, say mm -hmm. police and report them to police or prosecuted them, what have you. So uh, beyond your terms, also the driver's terms of use that they will have. In, it will later independently with the, with the driver. So when someone subscribes as a driver or comes to them as, I want to be a driver, mm. uh, they, they, they'll be that. So maybe, uh, I agree with you, and it's the same problem. Uber, everywhere. Mm. It's business. Business will always have its pitfalls, always have its problems. You but I'm saying that in perfect, some countries, but, Uber has mm. been forced to take on uh, its mm. Uber drivers as Absolutely. employees. Absolutely. So, so a country can mm. decide to do that. The mm. regulation can decide that, you know mm. what, mm. if you're self-border, mm. you, it, it doesn't matter what terms you decide to give the consumer, mm. which, you know, but 
if you're safe border then you're mm. a safe border or an mm. uber or mm. you know whatever mm. it can't be that someone can be robbed mm. while you know using mm. your service your using services. one of your service providers mm. and you're saying you're absolutely mm. zero liability I, I agree with you and uh, some countries of mm. some states uh, i think california and a couple of them have, have tried to literally force yeah. <laughs> uber to, like, you know, sorry, yes. uh, to become employees and even some case law that has come out i think it's a decision of uber versus aslam mm. that came out recently and made a lot of noise the, but it's also you see for me i'm on the side on the part of the business mode of uber and self border of course you being a lawyer you being a lawyer it's not about being a lawyer it's about being a ugandan from a least development least developed country yes that gig economy when mm. uber first when self border first came in uber mm. i don't know how many guys left that night five jobs i don't know how many people left mm. and, and joined, and joined. Yeah. so it has there for me there are more pros than cons to it there always be those small uh, uh pitfalls or small humps that come with business mm. but i think there's a bigger for example sepboard alone as per the statistics of 2017 i think had over 11000 riders mm. 11000 ugandans getting employment mm-hmm. for, through that model yeah. so and, and i think at some point they even had uh, uh, in uh, pops uh, they were like giving border border borders uh, mm. like they loan you out a border and, mm-hmm. and, and the helmet or whatever they find out pain but on the other hand so, if wild of course created employment which is fantastic mm, right mm, yes. but the safety part is incredible absolutely from, yeah. and i'm speaking from a woman's end y- yes like yes, when mm, you I've, mm, i know so many females who mm, only mm, would take a safe border because it's safe mm, or they thought exactly. it was safe not okay having not read them, mm. the terms and that is so, why we should so not throw safe border no i know mm. but but no but now they realize that actually mm. the terms don't protect them if mm. you're raped or robbed mm. safe border doesn't take on any liability so mm. you are waiting for a safe border you done download it because mm. you think it's safe mm. you think they will hold their their mm. rider accountable mm. if they rob mm. if the robber if they, that rider robs you or still or robs you mm. that's what you think mm. it's inherent in that thinking yes but then you later you find out that actually no they won't mm. so there's there's no, uh, been able to mm. employ people that many people you've been able mm. to train that many people i mean there's a certain bit of liability you could take on well that is an argument a legal argument now and and someone someone should take it to the courts for the courts to determine but but i i think what has happened and you know and i know from experience mm-hmm. that self border does not have liability for example you're not going to self border but mm-hmm. you can work with self border mm-hmm. and it has worked with a couple of people uh, the, their consumers mm-hmm. to go after these drivers that have uh, uh, breach the the oh, they can work with you. Yeah, work with you and uh, okay. prosecute you police and I find a way of and I work with very many of them. They get you of course they get you off a platform no longer their driver then they prosecute you uh, criminally. So there is that. But uh, but of course okay. uh, But they said is at their discretion. It is at their discretion. But of course I, I think also because of PR and mm. you don't want reputational damage or reputational debt. So mm. As a business you also want to help. For example, I know they have a complaints desk where mm-hmm. people report them all kinds of things and they find a way of, of helping. Okay. But of course I'm not from self border but <laughs> <laughs> No, but you're talking about consumer protection. Yes, 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 yes. But but as, as I'm a consumer so yeah, I'm like demanding yes. this protection. <laughs> <laughs> and the self border riders as compared to mm. many of these other borders. I've, I think a way better. One self border has a proper training mechanism, yeah. a proper orientation induction yeah. through their schooling chamber. It's yeah. called self border academy. Well, they train their drivers mm. they make you go through this this mm. this this so uh, i no, think they, they are. there was yeah, actually they, an article i read mm. where they were saying that uh, when self border before self border came on board 
the number of emergency people, you know, going to Mulago with their heads, you know, their skulls, yeah, you know, yeah. were very high. Absolutely. Then Beto came and started training the drivers, mm. and somehow those emergency things, yes. of course, they're still there, but they went down. So it, there was a causal, you could see a causal relation between now the the, the border industry being having some a player who trains mm, them, yeah. and then the number mm. of accidents of border border. And they cannot admit it as their driver until you go through a training. They cannot. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Mm. So there's a there's a huge amount of stuff actually that they've done, which yes. is great. Their model yes. was fantastic. They mm. trained uh, a lot of people in mm. increased employment. And in those quarters, center, the drivers stipulate in case you do this and this, we have powers to take you on. And criminally or in, mm. through the courts of law, police or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so I guess you know, and, but mm. but then also also the government maybe would mm. come in because in a way the consumer right now is at mm. the mercy of mm. the terms and conditions of the players mm. in, yes, the, yes. in the mm. in the in the e-commerce space. Because mm. you know there was a time I think I was using Jumia. No, Jumia actually is quite. I feel like they're, they're good on consumer protection. Several so several times I've ordered from them, mm. and if whatever has been has, delivered by their service yes, provider is not yes. to my mm. to my satisfaction to my satisfaction they replace it yes so mm. like i don't have to go through and it's very simple you call mm. they're like mm. yeah we'll replace it you don't have to go into a complaints process and mm -hmm. you know submit of a written complaint mm -hmm. it's it's very quick and efficient yeah, it, yeah. it's kind of as close to what amazon mm. does you must put it there for that right away and they have proper policies in place if like go to their website you see a data protection policy you see a shipping policy you see a complaints only policy you see so you must put it there for that and they're, they're quite efficient yeah, they're yeah, expensive because yeah. you know they're not they don't mm. you know accessible to a lot of uh, people mm. who are poor. But at least I feel like Jumia actually has a lot of consumers. But on the point of expenses, yes. Uh, during the COVID pandemic, uh, they entered into all kinds of initiatives with uh, these UN agencies. Mm -hmm. And for example, if you went, there's a, there's a concept now in uh, e-commerce mm. and, and this uh, technology gig economy called the super app. Mm -hmm. It's no longer just, for example, Sephpolar came as a ride-hailing company, mm -hmm. but it's doing deliveries, it's doing payments. It's doing... So if you go there, there's a jamboree of all kinds of things. Mm. Now if you go there, you'll see something on markets, mm. restaurants. So they, yes. they partnered with... Uh, even pharmacy. Yeah, so they partnered with, uh, I think, Nakasero Market. Mm -hmm. Even Jumia did the same. Even Kalewe. Yes. yes. So people during the pandemic were able to access whatever was down there. So they've, they've they, tried. No, it was still expensive. They've tried. Yeah. Oh, really? Expensive. Yeah, yeah. They'll charge you 4,000. 4,000. You're looking at it, it's not expensive from yeah. your point. Yes, yes. But yes. from a poor person's point, yes, it's actually yes. expensive. Mm. I cannot afford to pay 4,000 mm. shillings mm. for the delivery mm. when I could use that 4,000 shillings to buy a half a kilo of meat. Mm. You see? Mm. So for a poor person, yes, it's not expensive for you, but for someone mm. else, be like, there's no way I'm paying 4,000 shillings for delivery mm. when mm. I could buy a half a kilo of, of meat with that. <laughs> But remember during the pandemic, which was the most practical thing to do because people are not allowed to go to the market, people mm -hmm. are limited in terms of movements. So, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't, there's a certain class that can afford it, yes, yes. there's a certain class that can't afford it, yes. and the majority actually can't afford it. Okay, it, maybe the uh, e-commerce <laughs> big players have a lot to do as far as reaching out to the hoi polloi. And, 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 and I always, you know, that, um, every time I, I'm talking to them, I'm usually, when I'm in their space, I'm usually telling them that, but why don't you copy from the mobile money um, revolution? Mm, what mm. mobile money did was mm. to target the poor, everyone basically yes, on, yes. The, on the value chain, mm, including mm. the poorest. Mm. And they provided a service for everyone. Proper financial yes. inclusion. Even if you have your 3,000 shillings, they'll mm. still provide a service to you and mm. charge you, you know, a small amount. Yes. But they made sure that everyone is actually cap captured in that, in that, mm. in that mm. service provision. And guess what? They've blown out of proportion because of that, because mm. they targeted everyone. Mm. So I feel like the e-commerce community also have to develop services that target everyone. Not, not just the people who can afford 4,000 shillings of a delivery fee, mm. but also the, 
you, you just develop yes, a solution yes, that yes. You know, captures them. They okay. also order things. Mm-hmm. They also, you know, they also mm-hmm. need stuff. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> why don't? Mm-hmm. That's what mobile money did. But but also in terms of e-commerce, yeah. beyond the players, there's a new concept that has come up in e-commerce called social commerce. Mm-hmm. And you saw how people were, were crying when there was an internet blackout. Yes. People are now using their social media, their their, their Instagram out of view to deliver whatever service. People have shops mm-hmm. through Instagram shop. Mm-hmm. People have shops on Facebook. Yeah. We'll have what? But Facebook so, has now, well, been closed. <laughs> <laughs> so so th- that perhaps was the answer to the juniors of this world. That guess what? Yes, that actually, possible, yeah. actually. And, and I mean, if you want to buy something from someone, just go to their online but shop. But I feel that these big players also have to do the mm. same. Because mm. of course, if a big player does it, it just it trickles out. Mm, that yeah, faster yes, yes. than when it's the individual who mm. does it. But maybe, maybe you know, eventually they'll come. Maybe we need more players in the market to, to see with competition. Uh, I things, know. Yeah. So mm. Ivan, um, mm. we've mm. run out of time, right. but I know it's, 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 it's I had a hundred questions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, to ask you, absolutely. But uh, we've run absolutely. out of time. Absolutely. What what would you uh, would you like to say? Your last words. Um, I'm really honored and, and grateful to uh, Madame Damali Sali for inviting me here, and uh, the topics I've, speak to, I've spoken about the, the topics of. Uh, e-commerce and, and ride hailing and payments are very important for the development of our sector. And uh, we, I would encourage every small player out there not to be discouraged by the, the minimum capital requirements and licensing fees as far as the payment sector is concerned, but to embrace the regulatory sandbox uh, mechanism that is in place. And I believe through that, you'll be able to create solutions in the environment. And for us to keep on innovating and reinventing ourselves as Ugandans, so as we can be able to tap into the digital economy. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for that. Please do subscribe to our channels on YouTube, on on LinkedIn, and uh, on Twitter. Thank you.